Yeah, didn't you in the past didn't used to feel that way. Stretching yourself something. to sleep? Hmm. Is that what it is? <laughs> well, isn't that what yin yoga is? <laughs> is is that what yin yoga is? I don't know. Kind of. <laughs> I don't know. Sorry if my voice is still messed up. I completely yelled it out. Oh, yeah, at the game? Yeah. Yesterday was Man, real I bad. I saw clips of that. That looked that looked awesome. Yeah. It, it we, was amazing. We had an awesome time. It helped the 49ers kick the crap out of them. That helped a lot. <laughs> yeah. That was like a historic I – think, I think you guys were talking about that on the last podcast, right? How that if they win, there's some type of history that's now going to – uh, or no? No. Well, so that was the, the first playoff game at Le- Levi Stadium. Yeah. So that's a big deal. Oh, okay. And then what I think what we were talking about was um, if the Seahawks had won their game, then they would have had a like an awesome rematch. Right. Mm. But they didn't come through, and now we got the Cheeseheads. Yep. The Packers, Green Bay Packers. Why are they and, called uh, the Cheeseheads? Wisconsin. Uh, just because of the cheese in Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So they wear cheese hats. <laughs> Cool. So the nah, I don't think they're really actually made out of cheese, though. I think it's just foam, right? I'd imagine that leads to a lot more CTE. Edible cheese. But mm. it's possible. Cheese head. Yeah. Head cheese? <laughs> I don't know. When's the last time you went to a game, Andrew, like like live like that? And are we on right now? I th- thought we were on, but now YouTube. Okay, yeah, now we're on. Oh, now we're on. Okay. Uh, the last time I went to a, a football game. Football. And if AL football, that would have been the first year that Levi Stadium opened up, but I didn't even actually have a seat. Oh, wow. We went and got, like, it's called standing room only, even though there's no room to stand in, but mm-hmm. you can, you can, you get a ticket to get inside of the built of uh, the stadium. Yeah. But you don't actually have a seat. You just get to stand around and, like, watch the game from small little, like, areas if you get lucky. Wow. And, What's crazy is like our seats is it was pretty close to that like standing room. So every probably like 30 seconds, somebody would walk up and they just like scout and they're like, oh, there's a seat right there. And they would just be like, oh, yeah, that's me. That's me. And then the actual person with the ticket would show up and be like, hey, dude. And like, oh, shit. Yeah. It's like, come on, man. It's a, it's a sold out playoff game. Do you think <laughs> that somebody's really not going to show up to yeah. like for that seat? So it, it was, but it was interesting because I've been like, ah, I've been on that side too, though. <laughs> it reminds me of like when I was a kid, I used to uh, movie hop. Do you guys ever movie hop as kids or no? Oh, heck of yeah. Yeah. The best. Yeah. Nowadays you can't movie hop though because people like they're Assigned reserving seating. seats. Yeah. Back in the day, man, we'd see multiple movies each weekend. It's wrong. But <laughs> it's it funny kind of as a kid because you're like, I could go see two or three movies in a row. <laughs> right? Yeah. But as an adult, you're like, that would kill me. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Like, that would be kind of hard to do, right? Yeah. Yeah. Kids can't be, do that. Yeah, it'd be brutal to sit through a bunch of... I mean, it's fun, but that's a lot of sitting on your ass. It's a lot of sitting. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. We're going to be talking about sitting on your ass. <laughs> we're going to be talking about... <laughs> we're going to be talking about um, your job and kind of as it relates to fitness and your job as it relates to, you know, your nutrition and stuff and... We get asked a lot of questions. I I see this come in here and there where somebody's like, well, you know, I'm on my feet a lot, you know, because I'm a waiter or I'm a waitress. And, um, you know, does that count for my 10-minute walks? And I'm still like, no, you still need to get on your, you know, we need three 10-minute walks. It's a big difference when you have, like, purposeful fitness, I would call it. You have an intent. Mm -hmm. The intent is I'm going to walk and I'm going to be uninterrupted as opposed to uh, your work environment. which can be healthy, uh, but is also um, high stress usually, right? If you're a waiter or waitress or you have a job where you're doing a lot of manual labor, even though 
even though it could be positive, like maybe you love working on a roof or maybe you love construction. Um, and that is a great way to burn calories, uh, but it's, it's a stressor, right? It's, it's a little bit like lifting, mm. whereas something like walking is, is really not uh, a stress at all. It's really just kind of relaxing and you're burning some energy. Um, and the reasons on why we walk and stuff like that are, um, there's just, there's just so many different reasons for it, but it's, it's continuous motion, uninterrupted, and uh, you're not like talking to anybody else or doing anything else. You might be listening to music or a podcast. It's a time for personal development as well as get some exercise in. Yeah. And I always felt like it's always good, you know, even if you have a job, I guess, where either you're sedentary or you have a job where you're working a lot on your feet, it's always good to get outside and take those walks because getting some sunlight exposure is going to help you when the nighttime comes. That's one of the big reasons why I want, no matter what kind of job the individual I work with has, I want them to take multiple 10-minute walks during the day because that exposure to sunlight will help them fall asleep faster, get deeper sleep, et cetera. Because you'll notice you know, if you're stuck indoors for most of your day, and you, you never get sunlight because most people don't. Like most people, you know, they wake up, they get in their car, they go to work. They're in work until like 4 or 5 p.m. Mm-hmm. By the time they come out, the sun's already got like the sun's close to down, but they don't even get outside again. They find it harder to fall asleep. That's right. one of those reasons why getting outside and taking some walks is going to be so important. Helps them out a lot. Yeah. And then, you know, there's some people that have the opposite style of job where they're really not moving around a lot. You know, they're. They got kind of a desk job. Mm. And I hear a lot of people, uh, you know, say they have their backs, their back hurts or their knees hurt. Um, and it's, it's very common, you know, if you're going to be sitting down for a period of time, you know, a long period of time, what I usually try to suggest to people is that anytime that you do sit down, I mean, first of all, you know, there's a lot of things to go over here. We can have like a stand up desk and there's some things that can help, Mm. um, just change your positions. Right. But what I see happen a lot is a lot of times somebody's like, I'm just going to sit down for a minute. And so they have like bad sitting down skills and they sit weird. Mm-hmm. They're like on some weird angle. Their hips are shifted off to like the right. Cause they're not like, they, they don't think they're going to be there for that long. You yeah. know, their sh- hips are way shifted out and they don't have their full body like lined up with the keyboard and lined up with the computer. And they're not like tucked into their spot, you know, their station. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a big mistake. And it's just something that's a real easy thing to fix. Just being conscious of that. Say, you know what, it doesn't matter how many seconds I'm here for, I may as well sit down the correct way and get up the correct way and and make sure I'm not in a rush so I can, you know, keep this vehicle going. Yeah. My, uh, oh. No, I was just going to say, so like our boy Josh, he kind of tweaked his back during a, a squat last week or so Aye. i know it was just one of those weird things where it's like what the heck happened there mm-hmm. but uh t- talking to him just like you know like hey like i've been there like I-, I went through hell for like two years because i couldn't figure out what was wrong with my back or like i just didn't know what to do i'm like you're not gonna do that but one of the things i told him i'm like hey like you no longer are allowed to slouch like at all I'm like that means leaning one side That's or the settledge other settledge or uh, Josh, uh kim. kim okay yeah. okay uh i was like you're pretend your spine is is now um like uh that game jenga you know where you like putting the blocks up and stuff he's Mm -hmm. like well what do you mean i'm like well if you start leaning over to one side like it's gonna fall over i'm like i was like by time you realize like oh shit i'm slouching i'm leaning over it's too late because the second you straighten out you're like oh shit like damn it i shouldn't have sat that way Mm -hmm. i'm super guilty of that i mean on this podcast, I sit like this because I'm typing over here and then I'm trying to get to the microphone. And then by the time I'm done, I'm like, uh-oh, like I messed up. So 
it's it's one of those things that you don't pay attention to until it's way too late. Yeah. It sucks. <laughs> yeah. Step one is definitely having good posture if you're going to be forced to sit down and like talk like on the note of sedentary individuals, you know, my, my girlfriend just got a sedentary job a few months ago and she was someone who at her past job, she was on her feet all the time. So it was really interesting because like she's never had lower back pain in her life. And now boom, lower back pain mm-hmm. came out because she's, you know, she's typing at a desk. So, you know, if it's possible, we've talked about this on the podcast before, but if you could find a way, if your company like allows it, if they could get you a standing desk, um, and then if they can't, it's like not a full on standing desk, but you can get yourself a riser that you can right. put underneath your monitor. Yeah, fairly so that, inexpensive. Yeah. Yeah. There's some that are like on Amazon for 80, 90 bucks. There's some that are like 400, but there are some really good ones mm-hmm. that are really affordable. You want to get that for yourself because like on the hour you want to be standing multiple times as much as you can um that'll help you a lot like when you're sitting your hips are off your glutes are off um you'll notice that like you'll you'll have a hard time even exercising when you get off of work because you're seated for so long so you really want to figure out a way to not have to be in that same position for seven or eight hours during the day I was uh, at Phil's the other day, as normal, and uh, a guy just started doing walking lunges in there. It's this kind of like thin-looking guy just started like popping out some lunges, and for about five seconds, I thought like that's odd, and I was like, you know what? That's not really odd. It's actually mm. really cool. And he was staying at the bottom of lunge, and he was like stretching his hips and kind of moving around. Why not? He ain't doing nothing else. He's yeah. not hurting anybody. He's not in anybody's way. He's not causing any problems. He's just lunging in the middle of fills and uh you know if you can kind of keep that same mentality if you can you know maybe maybe have an idea of like i'm just going to try to keep moving my body around i'm just going to keep trying to stretch i'm going to keep trying to get some stimulation because even if you are you know working very diligently there's probably not a lot of reasons for you to sit for more than maybe 30 or 40 minutes at a time Mm mm-hmm um, I'm guessing because you're probably going to be interacting with some other people and you may have a project and maybe you are kind of sitting down for a little while working on it. Um, but regardless of what the job is, I would get up, you know, and every anytime that you have to use the restroom or anytime you have to go get food or go get uh, water or something like that, I would make that a cue and make that a habit of like, OK, I'm already up. I'm already like distracted. I'm already away from my desk. I may as well, you know, see if I can go outside for a walk for a few minutes, if that would work. Or, um, you know, maybe like that guy was doing bust out some lunges or try some stretches for a few minutes. The only thing it's going to do is increase your work uh, productivity. It's not Mm going to make anything worse. It's going to give you a a nice uh, shot of energy. So I think that's a great way to, you know, to do it is use that cue of like anytime you have to get up from your desk, uh, do something else as well. Yeah. Or even like also you could... I mean, I have a desk at home that I use because I like I work at the computer a lot, but I have a kettlebell there so that like every hour, like I can do a little bit of kettlebell type work, maybe some kettlebell deadlifts or some overhead pressing with a kettlebell. If you could get a cheap one you could take to work, I mean, I'm pretty sure your office wouldn't have a problem with that, but Mm -hmm. you could be that, you know, you could do that. And then also like maybe taking a band too, like having um, one of those resistance bands where you could do something with that. Uh, in your cubicle a little bit so you can keep things moving because um, that's the one thing that happens when you're seated so much things turn off. But also, this is the last thing, if you start standing, a lot of people, if if they've never gotten a riser or standing desk, they'll have bad posture when they're standing because they don't keep their glutes on. So if you're standing at a riser, make sure – Yeah, 
like activate it a bit, keep it, keep it a little bit active because that'll help in terms of engaging your abdomen and everything else will engage. But if you're, if your glutes are off, then you're still going to have a problem. So you need to keep them flexed. Um, and that'll, that'll help things a lot. Maybe grab a hold of a hip circle. Do a couple of walks, you know? I actually get your heart rate up a little bit. And move you put, around. You don't have to get all sweaty because mm-hmm. I know you're in your work clothes, but get it hmm. moving around a little bit. Yeah, but you can keep the hip circle around your knees as you're standing too. And if you have a problem keeping your glutes active, that'll help you out a lot. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Nathan on Facebook, he recommends because um, this is what he does. He'll just hold like a deep squat for a good amount of time in yeah. between stuff. Is that a good idea? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. That's That's a fantastic idea. It's a great way to get your knees uh, used to that kind of pressure. That's like uh, I think Kelly Sturette used to talk about it because he Kelly Sturette re- recommends like a five minute squat. Mm. Like you just just like get down there and just you know uh, don't come back up, but you can move around a little bit. But that's actually really I mean that's hard. We should do a podcast in a, in a full squat oh, position, man. like a thirty minute podcast squatting. That would be great. Yeah, <laughs> stretch you out for a little bit, and then you after a while you'd be like I'm dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's uh, pretty uh, pretty brutal. But yeah, movements like that are, are great. And um, but it does, you know, those those of you that have like bad knees and stuff, you're thinking, oh man, I wouldn't be able to do that. But you can get used to stuff like that. It, mm-hmm. it might take time. Maybe your version has to look a little different. Maybe you have to hold on to something while you're doing something like that. Um, but yeah, that's a that's a great movement, great exercise. I was one of those people too that was like, oh no, my knees can't handle that in terms of just like sitting in a seated squatted position. But after just doing it like over and over, increasing the amount of time that I was able to do it, now I can just squat and comfortably sit there for a prolonged period of time. So yeah, most of us that we think our knees are going to be a problem, they're really not going to be. We right. just got to do it a little bit more. That's all. And you know, some of the reason why we know about some of these things is like, you know, I, I've never had like a nine to five where I was sitting at a desk. So I don't know much about that. And I don't think you ever really did either, right? Uh, it wasn't a nine to five, but it was like a desk job at a gym. Mm-hmm. I was like selling memberships. Yeah. But part of the reason why we know this is that we, and Seema and I have both been lifting for a very long time and uh, we both feel good. I can say for myself that I feel better than I ever have. Um, I've had some pain in like my hip slash groin for you know, I don't even know how long, I think 2008 or something like that. And mm-hmm. I have just always been too stubborn to get it like looked at or anything. Cause my, my dad has a fake hip or maybe he has two fake hips. And my brother has two fake hips. I'm like, I don't even want to know. I don't even want to know what they're going to tell me. <laughs> but the reason why we know so much about some of this stuff is that we're feeling great and we've been lifting for a long time. We've been kicking the crap out of ourselves in SEMA doing uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu and competing at worlds at a very high level. Um, you know, all these things are contributing factors to uh, us figuring out ways. How, how can we how can we feel good and still perform at a high level? And uh, a lot of it just has to do with just don't stop. You have to keep moving. You have to keep your eye on the prize. And I know sometimes it will seem like it's too much and sometimes you're going to want to kind of give in. Mm. But the second that you give in, you will get smacked in the mouth and you will learn a very valuable lesson that that wasn't the right move to make. Anytime that I've ever slowed down or stopped, it's it's always hurt me. I, I'm not talking about relaxation. I'm not talking about sleep. I'm not talking about paying attention to your recovery. I'm talking about, you know, when your knee is kind of banged up and you're like, I'm just going to take like a week off mm-hmm. because like, I, you know, my knee's banged up. That might be a good idea to take a week off of something, but don't take a week off of everything. Yeah, don't, that's definitely... 
that that that's the conundrum right there because when you said when you mentioned slowing down and stop there's a guy that I, I work with he has the tendency of overdoing things all the time um and he's one of those people that it would benefit him so much if he would actually take the deloads that better program or actually back off when he needs to because that's that's digging him into a hole mm-hmm. but it's definitely necessary like if you can think about like your your workouts um figure out certain weeks after maybe four or five weeks where you can back off just a little bit you can still go to the gym still lift you don't have to totally take things off but just go a little bit lighter for a week or two and then you can continue to progress because that's super important if you don't do those things and you like you just keep going you're going to get yourself injured somehow. You're going to hurt yourself somehow. So it needs to be like, you need to have times where you can actually back off a little bit. But I was, I was going to ask you this when you said that you never stopped, does that mean that like, when you look back at like when you're, you're training, do you mean like you really just never, like you never backed off from the gym unless it was like a vacation or something like that. You were just, you just, you've just been going at it. Yeah. I don't think I've had more than uh I don't think I've had more than four days off of training, mm-hmm. maybe five days, probably five days, probably more accurate. I don't think I've ever had more than five days off of training at all. That's the same here. Yeah. And, and, I, and I don't, I don't know how necessary that is. Like, I don't, I'm not saying that that like is the key to like feeling amazing. I'm just saying like, I know what has helped me, what's mm-hmm. worked well for me. And that's been to just figure out a way to continue to move and, uh, and exercise. You know, I, I talked uh, in the past about, you know, being protein focused with your nutrition. And I think when it comes to just your health, um, aside from what you eat, I would also be very like exercise focused, you know, think about what is it today that I'm going to do, uh, that that's gonna, how am I going to put out some energy today? You know, what's it going to look like? Am I doing jujitsu? Am I running? Am I walking? Am I just, just, it could be, could literally be just about anything. Mm -hmm. I think that like, because when we were talking earlier, I was mentioning how, like, as I was walking in today, um, I just realized, oh, damn, I just feel really good. Like, nothing hurts my hips, my elbows, my just, I mean, yeah, there are little things here and there when I'm lifting, but overall, my overall movement, I feel great. And it's been a long time since I felt Why great. Why did you say you needed a massage from Andrew then? Because um, I just like getting massages from Andrew. Oh. That man is very good with your, his hands. I don't know if you've ever. Powerful fingers. Powerful fingers, great grips. Mm-hmm. He just <laughs> knows how to touch a man. And where. And where. So, yeah, you got you got you got to let Andrew hit you up. He's man. not lying. Yeah, no, yeah. Andrew <laughs> knows his way around a, a back. Uh, no, not for you. It's guys. free for friends. Yeah, <laughs> free cool. for friends. I like Thanks, that. Salted caramel. <laughs> <laughs> but man, no, I was saying that it would be even if you you're not someone who does a martial art or anything, it'd be a great idea to figure out how to fit in like non-specific movement into your training, just so that like lunges not just lunges forward but maybe lunges to the side with lighter loads or lunges backwards um because overall that's going to help you to be able to move in spaces um bulgarian split squats single leg type movements i do a lot of that type of stuff in my lifts too just because i it does help with overall movement and if you're good at movement then you're just gonna be able to move better and feel better what about just encouraging somebody else you know say like hey Dude, let's go on a 10-minute walk. Somebody else in yeah. your office, say, hey, let's go. Let's go walk down the street. Let's, you know, maybe you're next to a coffee shop or maybe you're next to a destination that you can uh, walk somewhere and it makes it more exciting than sitting in the office all day. Um, 
And then, you know, you're trying to hopefully, you know, that reaches that person. And then hopefully that person, when they feel good, they come to you and they cheer you up or they get you excited about something and say, hey, let's go do this. Mm -hmm. Um, And then it won't be as weird. It won't be as weird to like do some walking lunges in the hallway or something like that. Everyone will just be like, like, it wouldn't be any big deal. Like if somebody, if we were walking through here and someone was doing some pushups or stretching, uh, even if it was more on the office side of things, we'd be like, well, that's just smoky. He's really weird and he's obsessed with bench pressing. So mm-hmm. we would just, you know, we wouldn't think anything of it. Right. But that, you know, you, you touched on that because like, it's good to get somebody to, to take with you on these 10 minute walks. But the one reason why I think a lot of people maybe don't go out of their way to get a standing desk if their company isn't going to pay for it or they don't take these walks is because everybody else is also just kind of sitting around or that's just the culture of where they are. No one else does it. And if you do that, you're going to be kind of weird. Everyone's going to be looking at you like, what, what's Stacy doing over there with her bands and her stuff in her office? Why is she doing all of that? Why are you going to make, why are you going to make fun of white people? <laughs> Stacy could be Latina. Like I what? <laughs> she, she could be, but Stasia, you know, like, Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, Stacy is my example here and I'm sticking by that. But yeah, like it would be a good idea to get somebody else. If you have a friend at that office, get them doing what you're doing. So maybe you could potentially just, you know, you're not, you're not the odd man out. Or if you are the odd man out, so what? You're feeling better. It's not that big of a deal. I was going to say at the, uh, at the previous job that we did have um, like these walking treadmills. So you you would take your laptop and you would put it down and then you'd have these, they they went super slow, but it was just, you know, it was, I thought it was great. Nobody touched them because anytime somebody would get close, like, Oh, there goes Andrew. He's going to get his workout in. It's like, no, I'm I'm not. I'm just, you know, I'm going to utilize this because it's here. And then it's all right. See you tomorrow. And it's like, no, you won't. Oh, you're going to get some exercise in, huh? Like yeah. you're making a big deal yeah. about it every time you went to use yeah, it. I was just like, hey, Susan, like just calm down. <laughs> it's always these. these her her these name was Susan. Susan. <laughs> someday, someday she's going to find this podcast and she's going to be so upset because she was nice to me, but she still was very passive aggressive to everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, you know, <laughs> we're all going to get attacked at some point <laughs> like for something that we said on here. Someone's yeah. going to throw a brick at the back of our head in the streets. You know, we're mentioning this stuff for the sedentary jobs. There's one other thing that I think is would be pretty useful. And, Mark, you have one right here. It's one of these mats mm-hmm. um, because a lot of people, you know, when you're just standing around in the – and back in the day when I was reading what Kelly Sturett was talking about as far as standing, he, you know, he even like – he was a promoter of these, these mats. Um, there's a bunch of different brands on Amazon, but also like maybe a little bit, a little stool to put your foot on so you can be in the Captain Morgan pose. Mm-hmm. Right. If you don't know what the Captain Morgan pose is, I guess just look it up. Or if you're watching the video, it's... Huh. Or just look at Captain Morgan. Look yeah. at Captain Morgan, yeah. Because like it's, it's actually a really comfortable position to stand in prolonged, and then you could just switch from foot mm-hmm. to foot and keep that glute active. It's really, it's really beneficial. So. Yeah. Bars have that, uh, like actual bar, like going to up to the bar, have that like spot for your, for your foot on purpose. Like it's right. not just, it's just because you get more comfortable, you can stay there longer. Yeah. There's some science behind it. Seriously. <laughs> yeah. Kelly's like, he, he went as far as saying, Oh, sitting is the new smoking and like being perfectly honest. I don't think that's an exaggeration. All the times that I've had to, or I've made the mistake of sitting for too long 
on multiple days on end or even at my my old job when I worked at a gym, I started to get lower back pain, lower back pain that I never had in my entire life. And for, for a lot of us, that starts to become normal. So just understand that, number one, you don't have to live with that type of pain. That doesn't have to be normal. You don't have to be that stiff. It's just some very simple changes that are different from what a lot of other people where you work are probably doing. Whenever you have an opportunity to stand rather than sit, that would be great. Anytime you have an opportunity to walk rather than stand, that would be great. You know, whatever, whatever, you know, option you have that is going to have you be more active, burn some more calories. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really do a lot of sitting. I mean, it's rare for me to come in to hear and sit. I it's, we have it. We're at a standing desk right now where we do the podcast from. And, um, you know, sometimes when I'm in meetings, sometimes I'm even standing just cause I don't, I don't feel like sitting. I usually like sit or like lay down, like when the day's over, you know, I, I save it for then. And then also like, if you're older, um, you'll find that you stiffen up a lot easier. Yeah. So you turn into like cement when you sit down for a long time, you know, the uh, noises that I make getting up, <laughs> uh, you know, after, after a long movie, yeah. you know, rah, sound like a bear or something. <laughs> Um, because I feel like I was like uh, cryogenically frozen into the seat or something like that. And so a way to com- combat that is to continue to figure out ways to move, continue to stand, continue to move around. Um, I remember George Foreman. When George Foreman made his big comeback, he was in his 40s. And if you remember, uh, the big deal with him, not only was he knocking people out left and right, but he was also standing. And when he went to the corner, you know, everybody sits down in the corner. Mm. Big old George wasn't because he was like, if I sit down, I'm not getting back up. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was more so an intimidation thing. Like, I don't need to sit. You got to you got to sit. I, I, I thought that was intimidation. I think it was a factor for sure, <laughs> like because he didn't really waste a lot of energy because yeah. he was a veteran boxer. But I mm-hmm. also think that, uh, yeah, he was just like, you know, I'm not getting back up. These joints are stiff at this point. Yeah, dude. He, I was watching a little thing on a, you know, Razor Reddick. Oh yeah. Oh God. Yeah. I was watching. Um, it was like a he little Tyson. Yeah. Yeah. Mini documentary on hit that Tyson fight. And my gosh, this, the, 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 how hard his punches were just scared the living hell out of Oh my God. Those guys. Yeah. They were smashing on each other. It was, that, that was a, that was a really cool fight. Mm-hmm. That was kind of like a point in Tyson's career where like you thought he would, you know, kind of turn the corner, but he just had too much shit going on. He couldn't quite do it, but he, I mean, he did beat Razor Ruddick, but yeah. That was dope. But was ferocious. Andrew had uh, mentioned something. Uh, listener, what did they ask, dude? You just uh, repeat the question because that's actually pretty important. Yeah, I'll try to find it to be like exact. But basically, he was just asking about um, he has a uh, – for everybody in general, like a uh, they have more of a um, uh, high-demand job. Like they're more physically they're active. More. Sorry. Yeah. The word slipped my mind. Anyways uh, – <laughs> And on top of that, this guy, he's, in, I think, in landscaping, and he works in Florida. So yeah. it's hot, humid. So he's following the, the general um, rule of, like, one pound uh, or one gram of protein per pound. Um, he's, he's more uh, on the higher carbs, lower fat. But all in all, he's about 3,500 calories per day. Mm-hmm. And he didn't ask a very specific question. He just wanted us to hit more kind of on that topic of what do people do who have like a more physically demanding job? Mm-hmm. And I think basically he's just like 
kind of wondering like, hey, am I doing the right thing here because I'm following, you know, general rules, but should someone like me in my position be doing something different? And I think he just wanted to kind of like make sure all the checks and balances were in place. Yeah. What's changed for you in SEMA? Anything changed uh, since you've added in jujitsu several years ago? Um, Other than like losing 25 pounds, uh, not really. I, I actually eat, I probably and the losing 25 pounds, you kind of like just let it happen. It wasn't an intention. No, it, it, I just let it happen. You weren't like dieting or anything in I wasn't particular, dieting. but your diet has gotten better too. It right? has, it has gotten better. Um, I wasn't doing fasting initially when I started jujitsu, but over the period of time I did start doing that. Um, in terms of food, I probably eat a little bit more or close to the same amount nowadays. Um, I think that in, in this person's case, because it, I, feel, I think that we need to kind of answer this question. If he's trying to lose weight, if he's someone that's trying to lose weight and he has this demanding job, I think he's kind of at an advantage here. If he really thinks about it, you're at an advantage because, yeah, you can hit your protein. If you're higher carb, that's fine. But you're doing so much work that you're able to get away with eating more food than a sedentary individual would mm-hmm. have to like would would have to eat um like a substantial amount more especially if and you might active. even be able to get like kind of a double whammy on fasting because he's exercising for four or five hours at a time if he has a manual labor job exactly a lot of people with manual labor jobs too like they don't fast they they could like i feel like they really could as long as you're hydrated and be really good to like take have, some getting used to probably yeah especially take, if it's hot and stuff exactly. like exactly yeah. you got to keep hydrated you can have electrolytes with you so you don't get cramped or whatever but if you're able to actually fast and do that you those types of people drop weight or body fat very 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 quickly because the demands and the calories that they're burning throughout the day are just so high um but if you're trying to gain weight that's even like the you can still do it, but you just have to eat more food. Um, I know you're not a big fan of tracking, but it like you could track here and there just so you could have an understanding of how much you need to be eating so you could gain or drop. I'm pretty sure he's probably asking about dropping. Yeah. Here. So for this guy, all he got all he has to do if if he's already tracking stuff is weigh himself and and see like is he gaining? Is he losing? Look mm-hmm. in the mirror. Like are things progressing? And then he can make a. Uh, he could determine whether he wants to add more calories or reduce. Yeah. And he was mentioning the hot and humid. I think the only, the biggest thing that would probably be, or get in his way a little bit is being dehydrated. A lot of people forget to drink water just during the day. (laughs) Um, And that's one of the things that like leads them to getting really tired. It's lack of water. And also, like I mentioned, a lack of electrolytes. So you can, if you have something like that on deck, um, that would help a lot and just not, feeling drained as you're working yeah and there's companies like perfect keto that have their uh you know they got their essentials um electrolytes that that you um it's just some capsules Mm -hmm. that you just pop in the middle of the day or whenever whenever you feel you need them i think it's always best when it comes to hydration to stay ahead of it stay out in front of it figure out a way to stay out in front of it it's going to be your your best bet it's like too late uh when you got a cramp already or something like that Mm -hmm. um and, you know, I, I do think in this case, I mean, it would depend on what you're doing, but if you have a very intense manual labor, manual labor job, um, you, you might need some food. I mean, you might need yeah. some snacks and you might need to maybe vertical diet it, you know, uh, as much as I love fasting, I have also never worked in the sun in Florida, oh. uh, the way that maybe this guy is or the way that maybe some people do. So I, I don't even really know what that's like. So I can't really 
you know, accurately say like, oh, fasting is totally the way to go. Mm. Um, you might need uh, some food, but I'd still, you know, you still need to have sound nutrition. Sounds like this guy's on a pretty good, a pretty good plan. He can maybe start out his day with some, uh, you know, oatmeal or something like that and some, and some eggs and then, um, you know, ha- have some snacks with him so that his blood sugar doesn't drop. But if you get used to fasting, then you don't have that fluctuation uh, of your blood sugar. It doesn't, um, it's probably more unstable without fasting. Yeah. So it's just, it's, it's going to be whatever it is that you're trying to do. It's going to take time to get used to it. Mm-hmm. And I think he mentioned also, he's like higher carb. I don't have like currently, cause a lot of people are asking what my diet's like with what I'm doing right now. I'm actually low carb and I've, I've done higher carb. I've done lower carb. I personally feel better. Um, especially when I'm not working out too. doing lower carbohydrate, uh, lower carbohydrate means that I'm eating most days. It would be less than 120 grams of carbs. Mm-hmm. And I'm someone who used to eat 400, 500 grams of carbs for my performance. Right. So I've been on both sides and I've done fine on both sides, but I do feel a little bit better. Lower carb. Not do you, a big deal. Do you think that's just like a, uh, a combination of learning how to eat a little bit better, learning, just being more educated period on, on nutrition? Or do you think that just over time you've developed a more, uh, I don't know, your body just appreciates fat better than it does the carbs? Because I know like, you know, I asked you like, hey, can I still have high carb? You're like, yeah, but you're going to have to drop fat. Yeah. And I feel way better right now. I don't know if maybe in time after following like a strict diet for a long period of time, where I'm like, you know what, man, I just, I need to switch over. I need to get fat in my system. This, but do yeah. You, yeah, so do you think that it was just like a timing thing or it's just because you just got tired of not having fat? I wanted to try the lower carb because, uh, I've, I mean, there was a time I think I talked to Mark about it too. You know, I was scared of doing it because whenever you hear about athletes having to perform at a high level, it's always really uh, it, the advice is or the suggestion is higher carbohydrates mm-hmm. is going to help fuel your exercise, whether it's lifting or high cardiovascular exercise much better. So I was like, I'm scared of not performing well. That's why I did it. There was a period, I think, you know, I think it was like two weeks or maybe I was feeling a little bit. Yeah. And I got used to it. Right. That's the, I think the one thing that athletes need to get used to is just like giving themselves a period of time to get used to eating much less carbs and much higher fat and being able to perform under that type of type of stress. But at the same time too, I realized that I don't need, and I've mentioned this too many times, I don't need as many carbs as I used to, to be able to perform at a high level. I don't need nearly, I'm not going to be using that amount of carbohydrates, the 400, 500 grams that I used to just put down, not going to be using it. It's an unnecessary amount of carbs. It's just an excuse to eat more carbs, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, that is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's a lot. And I know a lot of athletes that do that. So I just, it's, unless you're doing some like really, you know, I don't know, maybe track and you're, Mm -hmm. it's like that demanding of a sport where you're just going at that high type of output for for a prolonged amount of time. You're like a 400 meter sprinter or something like that. I mean, that's a lot of work. You just go ahead and eat whatever you need to eat to get through that shit. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it's necessary. Right. I think people should find their kind of carb tolerance point, you know, and they should figure out, you know, uh, if they're, if you're fatter than you want to be and you just realize that you need to lose some weight, then, uh, Oh, oh, yeah. oh <laughs> my bad! I didn't notice yeah, that. He's making like a little thunder in the background. <laughs> kind of cool. Sound effects. <laughs> if you're trying to drop some lbs and you're you know consuming you know a decent amount of carbohydrates, just shift them around a little bit. See, see what makes sense. And as it's been said by uh, CrossFit for many many years, 
you know, I have actually recently been in touch with uh, Greg Glassman, and I'm super excited. I'm going to be going to this event they have in Santa Cruz, um, where they have kind of this low carb conference. Hmm. And um, uh, CrossFit, anyway, has, has been preaching low carbohydrate for. Uh, the last 20 years. They're one of the only organizations that I know that has been, well, yeah, really? Pale- yeah, Paleo and that kind of oh, stuff yeah. kind of all came from them. Okay. And uh, when they were with uh, Rob Wolf and stuff like that, and they've had it since then, they've had a lot of other people come in. Um, but the one of the CrossFit like kind of mottos or, or something that I've seen, a quote before that I've seen in the CrossFit community was, you know, consume enough carbohydrates that you can perform really well but not so many carbohydrates that they make you fat. Yeah. You know, and again, we're not saying that carbs make you fat. Nothing makes you fat except for yourself uh, and making poor decisions towards like not sleeping enough and poor decisions towards food choices and things of that nature. But uh, carbohydrates are just easy to eat. And we got a tendency as Nsema is talking about eating, you know, three, four 500 grams of carbohydrates. Um, do you really need that for what you're doing? And if, who we talk to most of the time, which is just people that go in the gym and train pretty hard or we'll just say very hard, train very hard for four or five times a week. That's a lot of training, but I don't know how many carbohydrates you really need for that. Yeah. You know, I would say, you know, it could be a little different for each person, but maybe a hundred or 200 would probably work really well for most. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The demands of like a, a powerlifting routine and, and most of the people are listeners do a lot of powerlifting. The demands of a powerlifting routine multiple days a week with an addition of bodybuilding is not, you're not going to need that many carbs to do that. Um, and like we were, I was mentioning to Andrew, if you're someone who's like, I got to do high carb, I got to do high carb, then realize you have to do lower fat. You have to lower that fat intake because you, you can't eat a good amount of protein, very high carbs and very high fat. You're going to be eating way too much food in general. So one's got to give, if you're higher carb, you got to be lower or moderate fat and just enough fat so that you can't, like it doesn't affect your mood and your hormonal levels. If you're going to be higher fat, then you should probably be lower carbohydrate. Um, something's got to give somewhere. There's two uh, things that are that are kind of true here. Like if you're trying to get really shredded, it's uh, low everything. <laughs> and if you're trying to get really fucking big, it's high everything. You know, you want to bring because you know even uh, you know Jake Cutler was saying um, even when he's eating a thousand calorie a thousand carbs a day. Uh, which he did for many, many years in his bodybuilding career, which is like, wow. yeah, a lot of, that's a lot of food. Well, and so when it comes to like, uh, the reason why carbohydrates are so effective, there's multiple reasons on why they're so effective for getting big. But one of the main reasons they're uh, so effective for getting big is that they're easy to eat. They're enjoyable. Yeah. It, it makes it easier. Like if you have steak, it makes it easier to eat your, your chopped up steak with some rice. Or what if you have, you know, you got some salt on there or some, bone broth now you kind of turned it into like a monster mash that just gets to be easier to eat mm-hmm. so then you can consume more and also with the ingestion of carbohydrates what it does to your insulin levels that will additionally uh help you to um be hungrier it's going to stimulate hunger mm. and so it just kind of makes the the whole thing uh, a little easier but if you're if you're trying to lose weight that would that would make sense that you would say you know what, i'm not going to eat that because like like I've done, I just cut out a food category because I'm like, if I eat that, I really want to eat a lot more of it. And I think that most people have to probably question, you know, if you are eating four or five times a day, do you need 50 grams of carbs with every meal? I understand, you know, if you're trying to get big, then yeah, then then your need is different than some other people's. But 
Um, when we're talking about need, a lot of times on this podcast, I think it's usually in reference to dropping weight. But if you're somebody that's trying to build some mass and get big, uh, you have to kind of experiment on your own. You got to say, okay, well, I tried 200 grams of carbs and 200 grams of protein and nothing really changed. All right, I'm going to bring both of them up to 250, you know, and you might have to kind of climb the ladder until you find a number that allows you to get big. Yeah. There was something I was thinking about in terms of uh, being able to handle more fats because one thing that I notice whenever a lot of people start switching to higher fats from doing higher carbs, they always mention uh, like diarrhea and their gut just blowouts like blowouts I, I i don't know if we just talked about this um but that's another <laughs> that's another thing that you need to give some time because i i had that too <laughs> when i started eating much higher fats and much lower carbs i was getting like a lot of it's okay wet. i did too yeah so, <laughs> i was having a lot of wet poops man a and it diarrhea was, yeah yeah it was very uncomfortable yeah that's, um, that's probably like the most common thing amongst people that switch over to carnivore at least in my experience that i've seen people including myself and then i was just talking to ryan earlier today and he's like hey man like did you have diarrhea i'm like i had a lot i'm like yeah but it you know it's supposed to go away for me it it actually i had a hard time with it i ended up like going the other way because i couldn't take it anymore but i told him i was like just stick with it and he's like yeah i'm gonna stick with it for the rest of the month for sure at least Yeah. yeah so That'll go away. Mm-hmm. It just it just takes time. So that's one of the, that's one of the big things that I seek that causes people to quit in terms of making that switch into higher fats, lower carb, etc. It and, does it does take time. Um, there's a couple of things that can help with it. If uh, Jessica, if you can grab my phone, I, I I listed out a bunch of stuff that can that can uh, that can help with diarrhea. So oh, we'll awesome. get to that in a minute. You can. Ooh. And what's funny? So like Thanks, you're good. Yeah. And <laughs> what I find is if I have something like. Uh, like a, a quest bar that has a lot of fiber mm-hmm. dude i'm like actually my my poops are like really really solid like a little bit too much <laughs> like oh, what do you say it out yeah like if i have like seriously if i have two like in one day yeah like i'm having to push a little bit harder than normal for, oh wow yeah versus if i have like a bunch of steak and then it's like uh, man next one's an emergency yeah well general rule of thumb like the more fiber you drink the more water you need to drink in tandem because fiber can actually clog you up if you're not drinking enough water so like then you- that's the key then because like I, I usually don't pay attention to how much water i'm drinking i try to just drink as much as i should but i mm. end up peeing like non-stop throughout the day but i guess yeah that's something i haven't paid attention to is adding more water when i have more fiber we're talking about a lot of bodily fluids here. I love it. Yeah. yeah. So to help with uh, diarrhea, these are some <laughs> suggestions that I got. And some are gathered just from uh, fans and from people that have had just experience on a carnivore diet or have had projectile diarrhea experiences. Mm. And then some of it is from uh, you know ga- people like Gabrielle Lyon, people like uh, Dr. Sean Baker, Paul Saladino, uh, my friend Joel Green. I've kind of mixed everything everyone's advice uh together and and kind of came up with some of this so let me first off just say that um some of this could have to do with adding fat uh just adding an enormous amount of fat to your diet as Ensema already pointed out so think about it like you're used to uh just eating your normal diet you eat two three times a day or maybe four times a day and um you have i don't know a hundred and 50 grams of fat in a day or a hundred grams of fat in a day. Mm. Well, now all of a sudden you're eating a lot of meat and you're upping your protein through the roof. Your protein was really low. The average American, I think 
eats about, uh, I think it was like 14% uh, protein. Well, now you're go switching over to like, I don't know, 80% or 70, 60% of your diet. I'm not sure, mm. but a large percentage, it's, you know, it's probably tripling of your diets coming from protein and the rest is coming all from fat. And both of those things just jumped out of nowhere. And I really think fat is probably more the culprit than the protein, but I'm sure the combination is, is probably uh, what's also uh, blowing your butthole out. <laughs> and so keep in mind, you know, keep that in mind and pay attention to how much fat you're taking and you don't have to count the calories or track or anything. Just make sure that you're not dumping a bunch of oil on your stuff. Make sure you're yeah. not, you know, I think people are like, Oh, MCT oil. And they dump it on there, coconut oil and, um, or even olive oil. And you're going to run into some issues if you're doing a lot of oils in addition to, uh, the food that you're already eating. And then also, you know, watch out for things like bulletproof coffee. Um, you can put butter on stuff, but you know, in the beginning, maybe be a little cautious with it so that it doesn't end up being such a slippery slope, so to speak. <laughs> um, I love it. I love it. <laughs> uh, let's see. And then, uh, oh, sometimes a leaner meat, the leaner meats can work uh, really well. Um, and then, so here's, there's some supplements that you can mess with as well if you wanted to give that a try. Now, here here's actually something that's really great is that, uh, first of all, glycine can help a lot. Glycine and collagen can help a lot uh, in the case against diarrhea, I'd say. Um, so you can get glycine from bone broth. You can get glycine from collagen. You can get glycine from jello as well. So mixing in some jello. Now, you know, I think going to the store and buying like the shit jello that's there is probably not great, even though they do have sugar free options and you can do that and it wouldn't have a negative impact on your on your uh, weight loss. It might even help your weight loss to a certain extent. I would, I would instead, you know, go on Amazon and, and get some weird hippy dippy <laughs> organic bullshit gelatin instead. <laughs> and uh, that could be mixed into just about anything um, that you eat. And if you use mild amounts of it, you're not going to notice it at all. It doesn't have much flavor. I've done that before. I used to mix it into my bone broth all the time just to add a little bit of uh, texture to it. It will help thicken stuff up too. So if you wanted to put it in a protein shake or something like that, uh, that would be that would be really beneficial. Mm. And then here's uh, some of the supplements that might help. You have betaine HCL. You have lipase, which is a uh, digestive enzyme, ox bile, and then uh, ox bile. Like is that mm -hmm. uh. ox bile? Yep. Okay. Um, I don't really know exactly what that is, but. Um, it's, it's usually in, it's usually in, uh, digestive enzymes. So those were just, uh, some of the recommendations, uh, from some people. I, I just, I try, I've been trying to gather information as we go along mm -hmm. with like some of my most commonly asked questions. And I just have some of my, some of my peeps in a text thread and I hit them up and be like, what's, what's going on with diarrhea? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and th that, that's my, uh, that's my day talking about poop pretty much, but you know, wow. getting some, uh, top, top notch help around here. There we go. Have you in the group, have you noticed anybody with um, IBS doing carnivore and seeing anything? Has that come up at all or no? Um, I haven't heard of anybody recently, but yeah, I know a lot of people have switched to a more carnivorous diet that have uh, helped cure a lot of their stomach ailments. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's, that's one thing I, I know two guys that have been like struggling with IBS a lot. They like eating a lot of carbs. So I'm guessing carnivore might be something they might want to try. Or... Oh, I think it would, I think it would be highly beneficial. There's going to be an adjustment period. And then also too, when your body no longer has any of those fibers in there, mm -hmm. I mean, Andrew and I've talked about this before. Think about when you're sick 
Like the last thing you want is like bacon, right? The last thing you want is like even the smell of cooked meat. You're like, I'm going to barf all mm-hmm. over the fucking place. <laughs> For some reason, you just want like a cracker or like yeah. a piece of bread with some uh, or a piece of toast with some butter on it or something. Yeah, something right? sugary just, stuff. Yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. Or yeah. Just, or some cereal or something. Just right? something or soup. Like because uh, when you do kind of feel like throwing up, you just you have that like that like watery like feeling. So you mm-hmm. just want like a like a cracker to like like I'm going to soak all this shit up or, you know, like I don't yeah. know. It doesn't. I don't know if it scientifically makes sense, but it makes yeah. sense in talking about it. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I used to just eat like a small amount of carbohydrates with like a protein shake mm-hmm. and it seemed like it would just hold everything together better. Like it seemed like rather than the, you know, protein shake going in one end and flying out the mm-hmm. other, it felt like it uh, kind of held everything together a little bit more. That's what I've been doing recently. So I do track and lately I've been able to mix a protein shake and have like one cup of Cheerios, like just plain Cheerios. And mm-hmm. I've, I don't know. I, I the same thing. It's like I feel like there's something there for it. I'm probably because I'm also eating it slower. Yeah. But I feel like the protein's kind of soaking into the cereal, and I'm like actually able to digest it and not just like go straight out the back. So I I don't know. And then so for for the guys that you're saying that are dealing with IBS, have yeah. you had them um, fast at all? Um, he's not fasting right now. I've just like increased his fat intake a bit and really lowered his carbs because he was eating like a, in the past he ate like he was eating a lot of carbohydrates yeah I'm, a I'm, lot i'm willing to bet that fasting will help him a lot because that has helped me a ton really big time okay um so when i switched over to carnivore the first time mm-hmm. i would have like one solid dump a day and it was cool for some reason when i i think i went from that to uh to vertical diet then back to um carnivore diet for some reason the second time around like it was just like floodgates were open i don't know what happened but um now with fasting and stuff, because my stomach, again, it's always been pretty jacked up, but mm-hmm. I think fasting is like repairing everything inside there because now I'm almost back to like the one solid dump a day. Wow. But on top of that, it's like, unless I eat something weird and yeah. as weird as this conversation is, like it doesn't smell like, I mean, it obviously smells like shit, but <laughs> it doesn't smell like, like, you know, like something died inside of me Evil the way it shit. used to. Yeah. It's, it's not more pleasant. It's actually anything, very, but. I mean, that's very true across the board, mm-hmm. you know, in terms of like, I've heard people before tell me like that they, when they were real heavy, they used to smell, they used to just like stink. And then also like, yeah, you're, when you're eating uh, weird foods, your farts are going to be gross. You're, <laughs> I mean, it's not that your shit don't stink when you're, eating eating better yeah uh, but it is better it's not it's not as like uh it's not as potent i guess you'd say yeah and this sounds so dumb like and it's gonna sound worse when i actually hear myself say it but like my poop smelled more like poop like it didn't smell like any additives or anything weird currently yeah well through fasting yeah yeah then yesterday like i had some chicken tacos from uh my my Mm in-laws so it was like oh that's a little hmm (laughs) <laughs> something, something different you know something uh is brewing in there yeah but normally yeah no it just again it, it sounds really odd but to say like yeah my shit just smelled like you know regular poop and that's it whereas before it was like what the heck is inside there like this is not this is weird well, but when I, you change your food you change your poop you yeah know? and i think pretty fa- simple math yeah i think fasting has just helped my gut like just a ton I mean, since we started this podcast, every time somebody would come in, I'd be like, so what if somebody, you know, poops every time they eat? And Mark would be like, he's talking about himself. Yeah. And they're like, oh, you have to go, you know, get your, your gut checked or something like that. And I never did anything. Mm-hmm. But the one thing I did do was, you know, try to get jacked. So I started fasting and then 
sure enough, like it's been helping me a lot. It's really cool that you said that though, because uh, I'm going to have, we're going to talk tomorrow anyway, Mm -hmm. but because it's coming from you, I think it's going to have a little bit more weight. Yeah. And on top of that, I mean, I like carbs too, right? So Mm -hmm. I think, you know, we're kind of on the same thing. I'm going to, I'm willing to guess he's more of like a slender type. Very. Yeah. Okay. So talking to Ryan earlier today, like before he even said it, I was like already wording his, his, his uh, words Mm -hmm. through with my mouth by him saying, yeah, I have diarrhea. I'm like, I kind of could have called that because i know your body type also mm-hmm. he's big and jacked but i know where he came from yeah so i'm like so there's something about the slender body that likes higher carbs and has a hard time with the heavy fat with diarrhea mm-hmm. <laughs> and has gut issues yeah so wow. yeah dude, i think uh getting him on some some easy fasts would, mm-hmm. would do would do a lot yeah and i've told him about it but he he didn't want to so I guess now he will. Hopefully, yeah. 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 No, if he's he listening will. or if, you know, whatever, if you want me to talk to him, I can, but <laughs> I won't even charge him that much. Yeah. <laughs> you talking about Soper? Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. He, well, yeah. So when I, when I spoke with him, um, yeah, I didn't want him to do any fasting in the beginning, but. I told him that we'll move into that later. So just yeah, trying no, to get him used to the food. Yeah. Whoever uh, Nassim was talking about, and this is somebody else, but uh, I was, yeah, I yeah, was talking else. to Soper earlier. Oh, right, right, right. And it was funny because I was just like, yeah, I bet you he has diarrhea. And he's like, man, it's pretty bad. Yeah. <laughs> It'll, it's supposed to go away. But, right. you know, for me, it didn't. But if I gave it more time, it probably would have. Mm-hmm. Or if I just would have been smarter about the diet period. Like, you know, I was still eating the fattier cuts of meat. I think if I would have ate leaner cuts, it would have been way better. And so I, that's what I recommended to him. I'm like, you know, maybe try some of the leaner stuff, but, you know, you know, just listen to whatever Mark tells you. But if you just don't not go without fat, though, like, you know how they always that. they always talk about like a cleanse, you know, they're like, oh, we're going to go on a cleanse. We're yeah. going to eat like this way and we're going to like cleanse out our body. Well, how about the carnivore diet? I don't really cleanse that's, you out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It blows everything out. <laughs> you know, part part of what's happening, I don't know the exact science and. Paul Saladino, some other people can explain it, but basically you have kind of bulk in your system. You got some bulk, some fiber, some carbohydrates that are helping to normally hold things together and are normally, they normally take up some water like reservations in your body um, or any water that's taken, whether it's through your food or whether it's through your drinks. And a lot of your hydration, hydration starts to really change as soon as that bulk fiber is out of you. And now your body's starting to like really flush stuff out. So I wouldn't say like you're flushing out like toxins necessarily, but, um, you know, it's the absence of fiber. You haven't had any, you know, you start switching over and you go three or four or five days, A, without fiber, but B, you all of a sudden out of nowhere, most likely spiked your protein or or your fat or maybe both. Mm. That's one thing even that I've noticed because in the past eating so much carbohydrates, I really had to pay attention to the amount of fiber I ate in terms of like I had to eat enough fiber so I wasn't feeling constipated. Now that like first off my carbohydrates are very, very straightforward. Like I mainly eat rice here and there. I'll eat potatoes, but it's mainly just white rice. Um, Like I don't have like I. I don't have that much fiber in my diet There's at really all. hardly any fiber There's in there. Yeah. barely any. But everything, like my digestion, I don't feel held up at all. Like I used to feel that way. I haven't felt that way. I can't remember the last time I felt like I was backed up. Do you eat vegetables really? Uh, rarely. Like we'll get spinach every now and then because for the potassium. But other than that, no, yeah. not much. I'm not, not I'm much. not one to like, I, I don't, I never cook uh, vegetables. So if I was to eat a vegetable, which I'm not doing because we're on day 13 of World Carnivore Month, but if I was to eat a vegetable, um, it's usually just at a restaurant, mm-hmm. you know, because it's like, well, it just comes with the entree. I'll just eat it. Yeah. You know? I'm going to kill me to eat some 
uh, asparagus, right? I'm not anti-vegetables either. It's just like, I really haven't had a need for it in a long time. When I was eating it a lot in the past with the more carbohydrates, it was because I wanted to get the fiber in Mm -hmm. to help everything move through. That was the main reason I was doing it. But I haven't had a need for that because I'm mainly eating a lot of meat. I'm still eating some carbohydrates, um, but I haven't had any digestive issues at all. And we've talked about this before, but like, you know, uh, in, um, in coordination with like what you're consuming, maybe you do need different things. So like somebody's like, I need, I can't do that diet. I need fiber. Well, it, it, the current diet that you're on, you can't afford to probably get rid of fiber. But if you switch to something else, it might be a little different for you. Mm-hmm. And it just, again, it's going to take some adjustment. I mean, it takes time. It's not like trying a new workout. You know, you can really just try a new workout kind of at any time as long as you're not leveling up and, and trying like the exact workout of someone that's uh, way ahead of you. But if you go in the gym and just you're like, oh, I want to try this new exercise, your body adapts to it pretty quick and you're like, oh, okay, cool, no no problem. But when it comes to your nutrition, uh, man, that can have massive changes on your energy output, massive changes on your sleep, massive changes as we're seeing in the bathroom. So it, it can really change a lot of things for you quickly. Definitely. What you got over there, Andrew? No, just checking. Uh, let's see. CPA Strength says he has his first uh, lifting meet in July, so he's lifting like crazy. Uh, a lot of other people saying that fasting has helped their gut. Uh, what else do we got? Uh, no real questions. I asked for people to ask um, anything they had on their mind, but nothing came in thus far. So Bunch of bums. I think so. I'm like, hey, there's your opportunity to talk to Mark Bell. Everyone gets all quiet. <laughs> it's so silly. No, it's really good hearing about like just all those people with fasting in their guts. Cause I've mm-hmm. heard that before. Um, but I mean, it, it's more so been, I guess just a, just something that people have mentioned in terms of facts, but not actual people mm-hmm. that do it. I guess even for me, I could probably have seen an improvement. I just didn't pay much attention to it. That's cool. Yeah. I've always been able to eat just about anything. So I haven't really had a lot of like stomach issues. Yeah. Um, but I do feel that, uh, I feel fasting is, is like super effective and it's a lot more normal and natural than I think people give it credit for. Um, we were obviously designed to do some of that. And, uh, you know, for this week I've been doing uh, one meal a day and I've never really messed with that before. And I'm, I'm liking it quite a bit. Um, I just like fasting in general. Like I, the more that I do it, the more that I like it, mm-hmm. um, as dumb as it sounds it's like, I'm just, I'm enjoying not eating like sounds yeah. stupid. Right. But, um, I'm also excited to get back to like eating at least two meals a day because I kind of li- I liked the way that that worked for me in terms of how much I could eat and to make sure I can eat all the nutrients. I'm not a huge eater. As a kid, I used to be able to pound some food really good. And as I got older and as I went through like that big old bulk phase, mm-hmm. like once I kind of got heavier and heavier, I was just like, fuck this. I don't want to keep eating like this. So, uh, you know, I, I lost a lot of that appetite, but you know, as I, you know, as I go through the fasting more now, it's getting like easier and easier. But the one thing I'd say about the OMAD stuff, the one meal a day, and you know, you don't really know anything doing something for five or six days. You just know a small amount, but in experimenting for four, six days, um, one thing I don't like about it is, you know, you suffer a little bit through the fast, right? Because it's a longer fast. It's a 22, 23 hour fast. And, uh, there's, you know, it's annoying. Fasting can be a little annoying to a certain extent. Mm -hmm. And so you fast and then you're excited to eat and then it gets to be kind of hard to eat when it's time to eat. And then the, the eating itself is a little bit uncomfortable. So that's the part that I don't like, but maybe 
over a period of time. Maybe I'll adjust and maybe it'll get a little easier. But when I'm thinking about it, I'm like, well, the fasting's not that enjoyable. And now when it's time to eat, it's not as enjoyable. So I have to kind of work that part out. But, you know, trying to get through the amount of food that I need to get through uh, gets to be a challenge. And then there's also the old side of me, which probably always be there Hmm. of like, no, dude, like you need the nutrients, like Mm -hmm. stuff yourself. This is the one chance you get. And so I keep, you know, I'm not trying to like really engorge myself, but I'm excited to try to fill myself up because I'm like, this is the last time you eat, bitch. You better get after it. That's kind of where I've been too. Like, I I don't mean to do one meal a day or anything like that, but I'm like, hey, I have like a couple hours before bedtime anyway, so I might as well just keep going. So my one meal a day turns out to be like a, you know, like a three hour nonstop feeding fest where I'm just trying to hit my macros. And because of the food that I'm eating, I'm not feeling like too grossed out or like, you know, bloated or anything. Yeah. But I'm like wondering, like, does this still count as one meal a day, even though I'm having like three dinners in a row? Like, yeah, <laughs> you know, because no. it's in one sitting technically. But mm-hmm. yeah, I, I don't know, like, if that's like a, a loophole. Well, or I something. think if you stop if you stop eating for more than like 20 minutes, I would say that's a break. You know, got it. Okay. Yeah. Now I've been doing that OMAD thing for for a long time now. But like, I think one thing that that really helped me with because it's like it's not something I do every single day. Mm-hmm. I think it's helped me to understand or, or feel when like on a certain day I need to eat a little bit more like on certain days I'm just like okay I'm gonna end my fast early because for like the past four days I've been doing OMAD and today I'm feeling like I'm feeling a little bit more tired than I usually am so I'll end that fast early and I'll eat maybe two bigger meals mm-hmm. um, and then maybe I'll go back to one meal a day for another two or three days it usually ends up toggling itself like right. that but I can feel those days and I'm, I'm in tune with those days that I'm just like I have to find out a way to get in even more food today. Mm-hmm. Um, did you, before you were doing OMAD like this right now, I mean, you've done it in the past, but you, was it not consistent or this the is just the more OMAD diet? Yeah. No, I haven't really tried it before. I, I only, oh, okay. I mean, I've, I think I've like done it like once or twice just to kind of try it out. Mm-hmm. But now that I'm doing it a little bit more um, consistently, um, yeah, I'm recognizing like just when you're, when I'm eating, I'm like, wow, like I'm, you know, because when you're when you're normally eating, you're trying to be reasonable with your food. Yeah. You're like, okay, well, that was a nice amount of food. I feel good. I don't really need to continue eating. There's no reason to be a pig. And so I'm going to, like, slow down or stop or whatever, you know? Yeah. And so now with, like, one meal a day, it's just the game is totally different. You know, it's like I feel like I need to get kind of those, get those nutrients in there. And so mm-hmm. um, I think if there was a little bit of carbohydrates in there, I think it would change everything because then it would make it that much easier for me to eat more food. Yeah. But I'm eating like, you know, eggs and meat. And sometimes if I, if the first thing, what I noticed is, um, well, there's really no easy way to do it. But if the first thing I eat is like fairly lean, then I'm like toast. Oh yeah. I'm, I'm totally done. If I was to eat like a New York strip, I would eat that. And then I would just be like, fuck, I want to eat more, but I'm, uh, I'm dying over here. So yeah, just trying to get in enough food, uh, is, is a little bit weird on the one meal a day. Yeah. With. So with Carnivore Month, do you have like a certain goal in mind? Like, do you want to be a, a certain body weight? Are you trying to look a certain way? No, not really. Okay. Not really because people are, you know, they're like, uh, some people are asking like for like before and after and stuff. And I'm like, I, you know, I'm in good shape and mm-hmm. I'm going to be in just better shape. So you don't really, I mean, I just don't think you would see a, a, a ton difference. I do know that um, I'm leaner than I've been in a, in a long time. And I know by the end, the end of the month that I'll just, I mean, people will just know, like, they're like, oh, shit, he's, like, you know, shredded, you know, more shredded than he was in the beginning of the month. So I didn't really mess with, 
you know, like a before and after picture mm-hmm. or anything like that. Yeah. So I, I asked that because Skylar had asked a question about like if you've ever while doing uh, carnivore or even keto, like if you ever hit a certain plateau. But I know you usually don't like really have like a mm-hmm. certain goal. The only time you really do for aesthetics, at least, was for the bodybuilding mm-hmm. show. But you that was you know obviously a very very focused goal but like did you ever run into a certain like weight plateau and if you did did you change up the diet or did you just work a little bit harder in the gym yeah i think your progress is always going to stop at some point mm-hmm. and then you just try to figure out how can i how can i adjust to that you know what what can i do differently because if i keep doing the same thing and i'm expecting different results like that's not going to work so good so it's really just a matter of, of some small tweaks sometimes it's, it's as simple as like Hey, you know what? Just get rid of that heavy cream in your coffee or mm. it, it could be so small and you'd be really, really shocked. You'd be like, oh my God, I lost four pounds. Um, the one thing, you know, I, I don't always have goals like that in mind. I'm just always trying to like, I guess, be better overall. Uh, something I need to, that I want to really work on that I have been starting to uh, address for this year is, you know, I need to move better. I've been kind of doing everything better, but like moving better has been like the one thing, uh, that hasn't been great. So that's going to be a focus. I went to yoga on Sunday again. Yeah. So, you know, I'm, I'm back to doing that. I actually really enjoy doing that quite a bit. Um, and, uh, you know, that's, that's one of the kind of main goals I want to figure out how to move better. And so I'm just thinking about it from a lifting perspective. I'm like, um, all right, well, let's do movements. And Seema was mentioning the, you know, single leg movements. Those are great uh, for range of motion, mobility, strength. And so I was like, well, let me focus in on doing some of those. Let me focus in on doing movements that are at greater ranges of motion, you know, like a deeper squat. Like let's not, let's just not worry about any of the weight on the squat. Let's just, you know, squat super low, you know, or super low for me, you know, and let's see if we can develop some uh, new ranges of motion. So my goals right now are, are, you know, not anything that you would like necessarily see in the mirror, I guess. I mean, I, I think that the carnivore diet is just going to work itself out and I'll be super ripped by the mm-hmm. end of the month anyway. So I don't, yeah, I don't have a goal uh, in particular, <clears throat> but yeah, anytime I got stopped, I always think of like, well, what's something different I can do? How could I attack this? If my strength got stuck or if my body weight got stuck, Sometimes, you know, a lot, an answer for a lot of people is just to take, you know, take about three days and just take it off. Like, don't go off your diet, stay on whatever plan it is that you're on, but double up, you know, just fucking enjoy your food mm-hmm. and get a lot of sleep. If you can, if you can figure it out, if you've got like a three day weekend or you got something coming up where you can figure out a way to manage keeping the stress real low, getting some good rest and just eat like a son of a bitch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, real quick on that note of like, you said they asked if like their weight stalls what to do. Yeah, well, they they were uh, more specifically asking Mark like what he did. They didn't uh, say that they had the situation. I think it's just a more question that they're just curious just about plateaus in general. Yeah. Mm, okay. Yeah, but yeah. Um, let's see. We also have uh, questions from Tim and Brian coming up. But real quick, can I get a an air horn? All right, that's for Perfect Keto's new birthday cake bar. <laughs> yeah, they just released a new. Uh, let me make sure it's uh, yeah, a birthday cake birthday cake bar, and oddly, they they're doing a really cool thing where if you buy one box, you get ten percent ten percent off two boxes, twenty percent three boxes or more, thirty percent off. I have yet to try it, but I would imagine it tastes insane because their other bars are pretty ridiculous. But wow. 
So I don't know. Hopefully we can get our hands on it. If not, I have a feeling somebody's going to steal like it. If it's anything like the uh, birthday cake remix from Coldstone, then I'm going to be eating a lot of those. Damn, that, that, was a, that was a really good um, – it's one of their special <laughs> – oh, Yeah, God. you've had that one with <laughs> yes, the brownie? I've had it. I've had it. I've had it. Oh, I haven't had it. God. You guys didn't share it. with me. What the hell? It's from Coldstone. Mm. Oh, that's why. Oh, yeah. Birthday cake remix. I've had it. It's so Sprinkles. Anyway. It's got- <laughs> Heavy cream. It's got brownie. We're here talking about Carnivore Month, and then we go into Cold Stone. That's all. Most of the stuff from a cow. It's got to be totally yeah. yeah it's, it's, it's carnivore, carnivore. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But anyway, so link will be the direct link for the new birthday cake bars will be in the description of this YouTube video, this Facebook video, and uh, iTunes show notes, wherever the hell you're getting this on your podcast platform of your choice. Um, just head over to perfectketo.com slash powerproject. If you don't want the birthday cake bars, you use promo code powerproject10 to get $10 off your order of $40 or more. Uh, promo code powerproject bundle for $25 off any order of $100 or more. Um, anyways, Tim is asking, um, uh, this is a real easy one. He wants to know if um, supplements are the best way to get electrolytes in if you're doing carnivore. If you're doing carnivore, I'd assume so. Um, you yeah. know, I think it's, it's really weird. I think that like a lot of the stuff like balances itself out pretty good. Mm-hmm. So from what I've seen and from like listening to Paul Saladino and Dr. Sean Baker, um, I think that a lot of people are going to take a supplement just to kind of like make sure. And I don't, I don't really think that does any harm. Mm-hmm. Um, but from like what th- these guys are saying is like the only thing you really need is just some salt. Yeah. And uh, steak and, uh, you know, especially if you're, if you're going Saladino's route or you're, you know, doing a nose to tail deal, um, then you're, you know, you're consuming all the nutrients that you need and then some. Um, however, if you're somebody that puts out a lot, you put out a lot of energy in each and every day, whether it's like running or, you know, like Encima does jujitsu, then it would probably make sense to reach for some electrolytes and, and get, you know, we've mentioned many times before the perfect keto uh, essential uh, electrolytes. electrolytes can really uh, be super beneficial. It just comes in a capsule form. Uh, that's, a, that's a great way to get um, some of those electrolytes in there without really having to think about it much. Mm-hmm. That's one thing I was going to mention. Like if, if you see like my gi after jujitsu, it's disgusting. You know, the amount of sweat, whatever exercise you do, you know, if you're sweating a lot, um, that's a good sign that you might want to like think about getting that in because on days that I don't, I generally don't find the need for to supplement electrolytes. Mm-hmm. So it really depends if you're expending that much energy. Yeah. Would you guys say that like anybody on any diet's probably not getting in enough electrolytes as is right now? Yeah, I think sometimes when people start to diet, they maybe mm-hmm. are, you know, they've taken a lot of a lot of food out of their uh out of their day to day and maybe they're not holding on to as much water as they should and so um, it, I don't think it would hurt at all. Mm-hmm. You know, you do probably need to be a, a, pay a little bit of attention to um, maybe overdoing it. You know, you don't want to take like 10 capsules every day, but mm-hmm. you know, you probably be fine with, you probably be totally fine with like one or two and, and you probably thrive on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I was just thinking like my diet right now, I have no idea electrolyte wise, you know what I'm doing, but I just know I salt the shit out of all my food and yeah. do as best as I can. Well, and I don't, I don't have, I don't consume any like potassium. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when I got my blood work back, my potassium was a little high. So it's like, go figure out that riddle. And then they, they can try to claim that meat doesn't have any potassium in it, but it certainly does. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's, it's weird. Like your body doesn't really, even if you were to take a supplemental uh, potassium, 
um, if somebody had like a pre-existing, like we don't really know what each person has, right? If you had a pre-existing condition or something, like it may not even really be helping you. But as I'm saying is I don't believe it's going to uh, cause you any harm. So you may as well uh, have, you know, have some, throw some in there here and there, just as long as, you know, as long as you feel healthy, as long as you feel good. Mm-hmm. So then our boy Brian, who was actually here earlier today, um, he wants to know, like, if you're doing the OMAD diet and you don't get in enough calories, do you run the risk of slowing your metabolism down? Actually, if you do that too often, like every single day and you're consistently not getting enough calories, yeah, yeah, you will. Um, but that's easily dealt with if, like, again, certain days it, of the maybe week. Maybe explain why you think that's the case. So especially if, like, okay. The goals, the goals matter. If you're someone who's trying to drop weight, which is most of us, and you're doing one meal a day and you're eating high protein, you're going to find it difficult to even get at enough calories where it's like a decent deficit. A lot of people might even find it hard to eat 14, 1500 calories in a single meal. So if you're eating 14 or 1500 calories in a single meal every single day, your TDE or your energy expenditure is naturally going to go down to meet that caloric level of the food you're eating. Because like, if you're, if you're, if your body, like if you're not, if you're eating such little food, your body's going to be working off that food and your metabolism will slow down to reach that level as maintenance over a period of time. Slow down to match it. Right. So you're that 1500 will be your new maintenance. And then if you want to, and if you're doing that every single day, like I said, you're doing the same amount of exercises and you stall, stop losing weight. Now you got to figure out a way to either increase your metabolism or you need to take away to bring about another deficit, either do more work or yeah. eat less. Food. Probably going to feel kind of tired too. And you might not be able to put out the same amount of energy that you normally do. Exactly. Which is why like you can do that, but that's why I like to have certain days where I eat much more. I open up my eating window. I eat multiple meals so that I'm not ending up like accidentally eating too little food over a period of time. Cause that would happen to me also. Um, and that's why also diet breaks are a really good idea. We've, you've talked mm-hmm. about diet breaks in the past, bring your calories up for like, I don't know, maybe a, a week or two. So if you were trying to eat 1500, maybe bring your calories up to 1750 or 1800, because your total energy expenditure will go up a little bit for that period of time where you might actually end up dropping body weight at slightly higher calories or when you bring your calories back down to where they were, you're going to start moving again. So that's why it's not always necessarily good to continue t- taking away. Because at a certain point, it's just you're going to always feel ravenously hungry because you're eating such little food. Right. And you can maybe think about your diet a little bit like you would with training. You know, if you, um, you know, think of a, a diet break being similar to a little break out of the gym. You know, your squat is stalled. You're not feeling great. Lower back's tight. Um, you met, you um, intentionally skip one lower body session, and the next time you come in, you feel like you're on fire. You feel like you have so much energy, right? It gives yeah. you a chance to kind of reload. And that's what we're suggesting here is maybe every once in a while you take a diet break, and the diet break can look different. You know, if you're already in pretty good shape, it can be a break, and you can kind of do uh, – what you, what you wish. Um, other times you could just say, you know what, just for the next cu- couple of days, I'm just going to eat a lot more of what I'm currently eating on my diet just to sprinkle in something, a little, a little mix. And then it's going to refresh you, whether it actually does something scientifically, you know, who knows? I'm sure, you know, uh, Lane Norton or somebody can come on here and explain why and how it all works. And I thought and SEMA did a great job of breaking some of it down just now. Give yourself a break from that stress because over dieting is a stress, under feeding yourself 
is a stress and then your body's like, yo, I don't think this is a good idea. So it slows everything down and it, your body becomes a little bit stubborn. It's not as pliable. It's not as easy to work with. So if you take two, three days off and uh, you increase your calories, your body's like, oh shit, we're, we're back to being normal and thinking rationally and we're, we're uh, giving, giving us enough energy. And then maybe you're able to put out more energy in the gym, have a little bit better workouts. Maybe your sleep starts to get better again. And it just causes this cascade of positive things that can help lead you to dropping some weight. And then you're like, oh my God, that's so weird. My coach told me to eat more and I lost three pounds. You know, mm -hmm. that, that's the kind of stuff that happens pretty often. Dude, you know, like diet breaks or, you know, when people are like, oh, I'm holding on to a little bit too much water right now. That's like some people that is actually the case when they've been dieting for too long because they actually physically just get stressed because of the diet. And the more stressed you are, the more cortisol you produce and the more actual water you hold on to. So you could be holding on to five or six pounds of water. And after a diet break, you, you just magically lose five or six pounds. It's because you're less stressed and that will help you expend that. And you don't actually lose body fat. You just drop the water you've been holding on to. That actually happens to quite a few people. And what do you currently do with like cravings and stuff? Do you just... If there's a certain restaurant that you want to go enjoy, do you kind of like just say, all right, well, that's been pulling at me for the last couple of days. So I'm just going to go there at the end of the week. Do you do that sometimes? The cool thing is that like my, when I have cravings, the cravings aren't, I guess, for really highly, sh like high sugary foods like they used to be. So if I want to go out and eat something, like I went to Monsoon recently, but I just wanted a really dope burger. Like I, it, it was more so the, the burger was it a monsoon in the toilet too. Uh, actually it was pretty good. It was <laughs> wasn't bad. I haven't, I haven't had, you know, I haven't had bad shits in quite a while, but like my, the foods that I crave aren't generally really, really highly refined foods anymore. Um, I probably had ice cream maybe a week ago, a week and a half mm -hmm. ago, but it's not now, like now the truth comes out. See this, no, Andrew? But it was a while ago, man. <laughs> man, this used to be a multiple, multiple weekly thing for me. I used to eat like you know five that five to six. What kind of ice cream we talking about? We, we talked about it, Ben and Jerry's, or oh. even Cold Stone. I, I was a, I was an avid Cold Stoner, so I'd go there three times. Cold Stoner times a week. Yeah, I just actually <laughs> made that up. So that's, that's pretty actually good. pretty dope. But yeah, it's, I think they're all closing down though. So I hope not. With them I and know. GameStop. Uh, well, GameStop's closing down mm -hmm. too? I'm not surprised. Yeah. They ha well, they just have too many stores. They're like all too close to each mm -hmm. other. Yeah. But the palate changed, man. So like the, the cravings are different and I'm okay with that. I'm okay with craving a burger or craving those types of foods rather than really, really just yeah. sugary Yeah. I've been foods. craving uh, like nigiri, which is just, you know, fish and rice. Mm -hmm. And I've been craving yeah. poke and I've been craving mm -hmm. uh, Thai food. In, Interesting. Uh, in uh, Davis, there's a place called Cat Moray. That I like a lot and I just feel like going and it's like it's relatively healthy. I mean, they do have some like, you know, sauces that might have, you know, some crazy amount of fat in them or something like that mm -hmm. along with uh, eating a big old bundle of, of rice. But I love that shit. Yeah. You know, and I, that that's like it's kind of nice because I used to anytime I had a craving, it was always for sweets. Yep. It's always for like a bunch of junk, a bunch of crap. So I think maybe at the end of this, maybe I will, uh, you know, hit up a day or two of just kind of. Uh, you know, going going through some of those cravings, living them out, getting rid of them, and mm -hmm. you know, starting over. I, I I feel like at this point, I don't have any trouble at all. You know, going you know five six weeks or four weeks or so without without really any any break or anything anything too different in there, and it's been feeling really good. Yeah, as long as you can maintain it, you're good to go. Man, I'm trying to find the person that hooked it up, but uh, this doesn't fit well for carnivores, but. 
He was saying that putting like strips of potato, so cutting potatoes into fries, shapes of fries, si. put those as a bottom layer on the air fryer, steak on top of said fries, and the grease and the fat from the steak dips down into the fries, and then you can take the steak out and then keep cooking the fries so that way you have delicious, flavorful, we're talking crispy about, fries. We're talking about meat fries. Yeah. That's... I know, wow. dude. We got some of the best listeners on, the, like, in the planet. That's fat. That is. That sounds amazing, though. I want to do that. That's what I said. I'm definitely doing that. <laughs> oh my gosh, that sounds amazing. Ooh. <laughs> you know what I've been doing? I've been making some uh, carnivore sauce lately. Some carnivore sauce. I've been just taking some egg yolks, crack them up, give them a little, give them a little whip with a fork, and I dip my steak in there. In, in just like in some egg, egg yolk and some fucking egg yolks. It's amazing. Oh, okay. I love it. At least YouTube. Sometimes I just dump it right on my steak. Yeah. So you oh, okay? YouTube yeah, handle Bent Houseman is the one that? that said that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Bent Houseman. Mm-hmm. At least that's the the YouTube handle. I don't know if that's an actual name or not. Well, thank you, Ben. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Uh, that whole thing. Ben's a genius. Try that out. It's like Bent. Mm. That, that's his name. I don't know. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Where can people find you, Mr. Andrew? At I am Andrew Z, and make sure you guys are following the podcast at Mark Bell's Power Project. Those are both on Instagram, on Twitter at MB Power Project, TikTok at MB Power Project, Facebook.com slash, uh, slash Power Project, YouTube.com slash Mark Bell's Power Project, LinkedIn.com slash IN slash Power Project. We are all over the place trying to take over the entire podcast space in SEMA. Where you at? And Sima Yang on Instagram and YouTube, and Sima Yin Yang on TikTok and Twitter. Oh, and you, Mark. Don't forget to oh, rate Lord. and review on iTunes. My yes, bad. check out iTunes, please. Give us, give us a rate and review. There you go. I can't wait to get home and get me some of that Piedmontese steak. I'm uh, getting pretty hungry at this point. <laughs> we still got a little workout to do. We're going to hit up some uh, back training. Okay, hey. cool. I was, I was worried you already had did that. Done, did nope. that. Okay. Nope. Nope, everybody stole my time today, so <laughs> I got to be punished. I got to work out in a little bit. Uh, January 27th is uh, the uh, launch date of markbell.com. So you're going to be able to go over there and follow whatever the hell it is you want to follow that I do, whether it's uh, lifting or nutrition. You're going to find all the information there. Going to give you guys specific workout routines and specific things to do. Um, there's, uh, there's conditioning drills on there. There's finishers to workouts. There's powerlifting stuff on there. All the stuff that I've been talking about, all the stuff that you see on Instagram, all the stuff you see, uh, repeated over and over again on YouTube. Um, it's going to live there now, but it's also, you know, also still be pumping out tons of free content. This is a pay site. So, you know, put the hateful comments in the comments below. It's going to be six ninety nine a month, and I'm really looking forward to it. I'm excited uh, because now I kind of have a hub, if you will, uh, to to put everything you know in in kind of one spot. Because people are always asking about, hey, did you ever talk about this? Did you ever talk about that? And it's like I've talked about it a million times, but it's kind of scattered uh, throughout the whole damn universe of the uh, of the internet. Your uh, porn is going to continue to be free, but the stuff from me, you're going to have to actually pay for. <laughs> Uh, strength is never weak this week. This is never strength. I'm at Mark Smelly Bell on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Catch y'all later. <laughs>